From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the form for the fans of Blue Blue Show. The NBA playing games, uh, four games between Tuesday and Wednesday, and one actually in progress as I do this recording. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks uh, in the second quarter, pretty much like a pseudo live looking game right now. The, the Hawks pretty much controlling things right now, a sizable lead fluctuating between 8 and 11 points. But before I even get into the playing games, but let me start with, with this game in particular. Because if you know me and how I operate as a, as a sports fan, sports is big because of fans, of course. You know, that's how everything is driven with revenue from the fan, of course. That's how everything in business gets done. But from the next level with sports fans, sports fans make rivalries. I always talk about, love the rivalries historically, New York versus Boston, New York versus Philadelphia, Philadelphia versus Boston, Chicago versus Detroit, uh, the North uh, cities and the Northeast, anything between Boston and D.C., and up to the Midwest, let's say Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, those are your blue-collar historical cities, generational fans. This is what makes sports as far as fan rivalries with these uh, divisional rivals with these major market cities. I bring this all up to say is when is it going to make the turn for the Charlotte, North Carolina area and Atlanta, Georgia area? I bring this up because they're theoretically, logistically, they should be each other's biggest rival. You've probably heard me say this years ago over time. Why has this City versus city rivalry has not transformed. And I think the major reason why is because both of the city states versus, like, say, the Chicago, your New York, your Boston, a lot of the people from these particular cities, Atlanta's and your Charlotte's, a lot of them are um, not from the original area. They're not originally from those cities, like Charlotte or Atlanta, they're transplants. A lot of people especially moved from, let's say, New York, Chicago, Detroit. They all moved to Charlotte and Atlanta. So these teams, those professional franchises that are there, they're, they're, their first teams is usually probably the teams that, where they come from. So I think that's the major reason why it hasn't taken off like it has. Now, we know for a fact that uh, the Falcons and the Saints have a huge rivalry, Atlanta versus New Orleans, for whatever reason. I mean, that has gone back since the 60s, since both teams came into the NFL, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Charlotte and Atlanta. And I'm wanting to see more rivalries between cities in each of the sports. Now, the NBA, uh, Charlotte has a very good team. Atlanta has a decent team. You know, this is why the, both of these teams are in the play-in right now. The Hawks have been kind of controlling the game. And I'll get to the game part. I just wanted to rant a little bit about the fan rivalry stuff. Because I, actually, over the weekend, I was actually watching the MLS game. I watched some of the soccer game. The Charlotte, the new expansion Charlotte United team versus the Atlanta United team. And Charlotte beat them over the weekend, right? And we already know in the NFL, it's the NFC South division, uh, Panthers and the Falcons. It seems like whenever the Panthers are actually pretty decent, the Falcons are not as good, and vice versa, meaning when the Falcons are good, the Hornets are not – I mean, not the Hornets, the Panthers are not good. 
there's no baseball team. There's no hockey team. So it pretty much leans to those. And big college uh, sports, uh, especially college football and college basketball regions, but they tra- they don't translate into robbery between these two cities. And it's sad because it could be really popping. And it's more to just, just the, you know, the sports. If anybody knows who's traveled, who's uh, been through Atlanta, you know, the sites, the, uh, the, the growth, the economics, the landscape, Charlotte wants to be Atlanta as far as the city. Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina is a major hub of big businesses, big banks. Uh, it's a good financial industry, but a lot of growth as far as buildings going up, a lot of entrepreneurship and buildings. It mirrors Atlanta on that level, but it still doesn't translate over into the sports. I don't, I, I know why, and I don't know if there's ever going to be able to be a fix. See, I think also you got to look into this fact that you need to find a celebrity. I hate to say it because I'm not really for this, but to make it, you know, they're probably get a jump start. You got to have a celebrity a fan from each fan base to really go at it for each other. We all know when it comes to the uh, the Knicks, uh, the the main guy has always and probably will always be till he dies is Spike Lee. Uh, we know his rivalry with uh, Michael Jordan uh, doing the commercials. You know his rivalry with Reggie Miller and all that stuff in the 90s. It helped elevate the rivalry on the court because of the celebrity influence. Charlotte doesn't have that celebrity. I, I don't I don't know any celebrities that live in Charlotte that I could think of outside of another professional athlete. Atlanta, you probably could find a little bit more, but maybe that will help fuel the city rivalry in each of those sports, Charlotte versus Atlanta. Uh, right now, the, 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 the Hawks are a uh, comfortable lead. Uh, Trey Young uh, hasn't really shot well, but he's finding his open teammates, Vajanovic, um, Kevin Herter, uh, found the alley use for Clint Capella. Uh, Charlotte is a sleeper team that can actually uh, win this game, go on to Cleveland, and beat Cleveland if they if they happen to beat Atlanta. We've seen Charlotte over the uh, the season. Miles Bridges, uh, not Miles Bridges. Um, is it Miles Bridges? I always get him confused. The Bridges that's just on the uh, the Charlotte Hornets, the lefty. Uh, he thoroughly has improved his game. Uh, right now, the Hawks are kind of controlling the pace throughout the entire first half. And, um, you know, Charlotte's going to have to wake up a little bit. They've been, they're kind of sleepwalking. Uh, I don't know if it was kind of coordinated or planned that some of the Charlotte players, if you saw the game or earlier on in this game, where the players had to walk from the hotel to the arena for, I guess, because of a train that was delaying the downtown route and the bus, the, the team bus could not get to uh, to the arena. That's really interesting, to say the least. But I uh, want to see more of a fan rivalry, man, between these two cities. It will help the sports in general. Uh, it would definitely help the professional football, the professional basketball. Uh, as of right now, Charlotte doesn't have a baseball team. But the, the soccer, see, that's where it actually shows a little bit of a promise between the soccer teams right there. So I, I might have to do a separate episode dissecting that more because this is more about the NBA than anything. Right now, the Hawks with a comfortable lead. Who knows what, by the time you listen to this episode, this podcast on BelieveBlueShow.com or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your, uh, your user streaming di- devices to listen to our platform, who knows what's going to happen at the conclusion of this game. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, tonight's game, or by the time you listen to this game, is the Spurs and the Pelicans. I expect the Pelicans to win this game. 
Uh, nothing against the Spurs, but the Pelicans uh, have been playing pretty good basketball even all year without Zion Williamson. Uh, uh, Brandon Ingham has played very, very well. Uh, the young pieces, you know, you, you got, uh, you know, Valanciunas has been there uh, since the Stephen Adams trade. As far as the Pelicans, they have, I think, they're ready to, uh, you know, go in, go on and play the Clippers on Friday. Uh, San Antonio, you know, after what a twenty-year run to the playoffs, that missed the playing last year. Uh, you know, they I, I don't think they will win tonight. I, I just don't think that. I know they got Dejounte Murray, who's been playing very good basketball uh, this season for them. Uh, they traded White to the Celtics, but it seems like they're missing a lot of ammo, man. I mean, remember this was the franchise for all those years, decades, where the centerpiece with David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and then added Mano Ginobili and Tony Parker, and pieces around it like Robert Ory and Bruce Bowen. This first team is nothing like those. Vintage Spurs teams from the or the 2000s, basically, uh, where they had uh, a lot of their major success for that franchise. And Popovich uh, had a, his Hall of Fame string through that route. Uh, but do I think they're going to beat the Pelicans tonight? I'm going to say no. Uh, division rival, no. Then you know, of course, they played each other multiple times a year. I think the Pelicans uh, have been playing very above above 500 basketball. Uh, pretty much since the All-Star break. Uh, I like their chances. It's like, it's almost like you forget about them because of all the pieces, uh, the injuries, the trades, and they're still fighting for their playoff lives, and I think they'll find a way to get it done versus the Spurs. I think they, they, they can. Um, I wanted to say, uh, move on to the, uh, the, two, the two games from Tuesday. Uh, let me start with the Nets-Cavaliers game. Now, the net game was it was a real great start for the Nets. Uh, they were up twenty after the first period, and now I got to backtrack a little bit because my prediction as far as the Nets, because I was assuming, I was assuming Ben Simmons was going to be there by the time the playoffs came along, and that does not look like it's going to happen. I mean, I, I don't, I can't really necessarily go off reports. I'm kind of the type of a fan. If he's coming, he's, if he's there, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna analyze it, and I'm gonna say my piece. Come on here and, and talk my shit, right? But for the Nets that have no Ben Simmons, I just don't. I don't know how. They, I don't think they can go far because that was the thing. That was the whole point of that trade with Philadelphia. Because defensively, he's a monster. He's a playmaking monster who could defend. The Nets, he fits beautifully when healthy, but. He's not there, and I don't think the Nets have enough firepower and defense to withhold or go up against other teams in the East this season. Had he been there, I probably would be going with the Brooklyn Nets to win the NBA championship because that piece is not there and Harden is not there. It makes all the world in the difference. I know Steph Curry is a nice filling piece. Andre Drummond has done very well at the center position, pretty much replacing, if you want to call it, Blake Griffin or uh, DeAndre Jordan. He's been fan- he's been very serviceable, very solid. A rebounding machine. He's a load at 285 pounds at 6'11". He's, a, he's really uh, a rebounding machine. He's been like that his entire career. But it's not really about that per se. My thing about is the perimeter defense and running point when it's not Durant or uh, Kyrie Irving with the ball. 
And Kyrie Irving has shot the ball very, very well, man. Very efficient. I think he had like 34 points last night. And, and that's the crazy thing with this whole thing with him and the mandate situation. Because had that thing timely, like the New York City mandate, right? If that had not been lifted, I don't think the Nets are in this position at all. I think they don't. They may not even. They, it's possible they don't make the play. It's possible they probably would have been like number ten. But because of that mandate and the time of it, that, that means Kyrie got to play home games and then also um, the game at Madison Square Garden versus the Knicks. That that was a win, right? So you could think. I don't know, maybe the Yankees and the Mets for making that shit happen. They may need to get honorary, honorary rings if the Mets pull it off, although I don't think they will. But I say all this to say, man, the Nets uh, versus the Cavaliers, a banged-up Cavaliers team, they find, they got the job done, but they were, they were up 20. They give up leads too easily. And um, the Cavaliers went out, you know, sexed for all that time, and then uh, Jared Allen broke his finger. That's a bad break. Former net uh, in Jared Allen. You know, um, they, 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 I, I was expecting them to win, but you lose all that horsepower. Uh, I, I just couldn't see them beating the Nets. I just couldn't. But I'm really surprised, um, especially the leadership that they have with Rondo. I know he's very old. But very serviceable and an NBA champion that he didn't play more minutes than he could, and also Karis LeVert is a, to me, he could be a very good piece for them if they find a way to win the game. Whoever they match up with Charlotte or, uh, or Atlanta Hawks, Karis LeVert can score his ass off. We've seen him do that with the Nets, uh, fifty point games in Boston. I mean, he has explosiveness to him. I'm surprised that they have not found a way to ride through him, uh, you know, late in the season since that trade with the uh, Indiana Pacers. I- I'm surprised about that with Karis LeVert. I really am. Um, but, yeah, th- that's the thing about the Nets. And, and here's the crazy thing. I'm talking all this shit about Brooklyn, about the Nets, and I still think they'll beat Boston. And, th- and the thing about that is uh, – I'm losing a little confidence, although Boston has been very hot. Uh, great basketball. They've been smoking teams, right? But you, that Robert Williams thing is a big factor than most people think, man, because that guy interior, interior defensive-wise is superb versus Daniel Theis and Al Horford. Al Horford is actually very good, though. Don't get me twisted. He's a little older. But the leaping ability and the timing, the way he blocks shots in Robert Williams – that is a big difference that Boston is going to miss in that playoffs, man. I'm telling you, man. I really am. Um, I got to say, man, Chris, I, I see you, man. We got Let's talk, man, real quick, because we're not going to be on long. I only got, like, 20 more minutes because I was talking about these playing games, man. What was your thoughts on those games yesterday, man? I, Brooklyn and um, Brooklyn and uh, Cleveland. I even touched on the Timberwolves and Clipper game yet, but let, what are your thoughts, man, on that? Uh, thank you, Steve. Um, I got to yeah. tell you, I didn't. <laughs> I was just calling to listen to you. <laughs> but cool, cool. Listen, um, you you're right on all points, man. Um, let me tell you, Simmons has to come back for the, for this to be for all of us to be impressed. And I don't know what the hell's going on in that situation at all. You know, um, because let me tell you, with Robert Williams being out of the series. The lane should be fairly open for the net, mm-hmm. which means 
I think that Kyrie Irving is really going to get a lot of points driving to the hoop. But with Simmons there, you've got that extra blanket. You take the um, you you take um, the ability to stop. How do I how, how do I say this? Jason Tatum had a fantastic fifty-something odd game the last time these two teams met. Okay, right. and most of it came in the fourth quarter when, let's face it, Durant was just dead tired from chasing his ass all over the place. But I was right. I just couldn't help but think during watching that game, Steve, that that wasn't his job to chase to chase Tatum around. That was Ben Simmons' gig. Okay, and I said to myself, damn, what if they meet in the playoffs? Well, here we are now. Okay. I don't – Simmons would take the pressure off Durant by guarding Tatum, but I I think that's the real X factor here other other than the um, Robert Williams situation. You know, you got to remember, the Celtics are the best – one of the best teams in the NBA defensively, okay? One of the best. And, bro, I when we get in trouble, we got two fantastic anchors, just like you said, but – I don't know if 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 um, the rest of the supporting cast, Gorick, not we. I'm a I'm a Knicks fan. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Gorick, um, um, Curry, and I'm missing somebody off the off the top of my head right now. They're they're it, and I don't think that's enough to beat the Celtics right now. So right now I'm kind of doing. I will say that right now I'm leaning towards Boston actually doing their – Winning the series regardless, mm. but it's going to be a long series. Hold it, hold it, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's going to be long. Mm. It's going to be long because you just can't, you can't doubt. I agree. The best player in the league, which is Kevin Durant, so just out like that. He's not, a, he's this, not an easy win. I, for fun, let's rank the top four players from both teams. I would say one is Durant, two is uh, Tatum, three is man. This is what it gets. Sorry. This is the debate. Is it Kyrie or is it Jalen Brown? I might go Kyrie. It is close. I'm going Kyrie, two. too. I'm going Kyrie. Number four, then I'm going then four is – see, this is what makes this series fucking fantastic versus last year. Because last year, yeah. was it? I forgot which one was hurt. I think it was Jalen Brown that was hurt. And then when, then they had, you know, yeah. Harden, Irvin, Durant. It was no match. This shit is even, dude. Like, like that Robert Williams, to, like, I agree with you. That shit is a big deal. He was playing fantastic defense. He's great on the screen and roll, and he could jump his ass off. Um, man, I, man, this is, this is, for a first round, this is a fantastic series, too. No, you are you absolutely got... right. You're absolutely right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. With all due respect to Al Horford, man, that, that, that dribble drive shit that, that Irving does, that, that yeah. plows him to the middle. Oh my God, he should have a ball with that in the series. There is no Robin Williams, just like you alluded to. Let me tell you something. It's entirely true that Marcus Smart will try, try, but he's not going to be able to handle handle Kyrie, who is hell bent uh, right now. So, man, that's a that's a good matchup too, man. Like Mark, Mark, Marcus Smart is a pit bull. He's he they, he's a guy. He don't give a fuck what we think. He he. That's what he does. Like he's 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 a throwback. He's a he could have played in the eighties and nineties because he's that tough. You know, especially with those rules, it would have been he would have been that guy defensively. I don't care. I don't think he, that's right, man. We just, we just know that he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's going to 
Everybody knows that's the assignment, and on top of that, you know, there's the storylines behind this, and I like the storyline because, you know, me and Nickabaka Abba, we're big scripted WWE guys because of the, the storyline. We love the entertainment factors, and this is what, you know, we'll get to the other game with that that entertainment factor with the T-Wolves and Clippers from last night, but Kyrie being a former Celtic and then how he was stomping on the, the, uh, the what's his name, the leprechaun, the uh, the mascot for the Celtics, and yeah, you know yep, how the Boston yep, fans yep. are. They yep. hate him. They booing. Man, man, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'm bottom line, Steve, is let me tell you, and this is for the Celtics, if the next game won somehow, that sets the tone for the series, and the Boston could be in a lot of trouble. I'm just going to say it just like that. That could be a lot of trouble because let me tell you something, the X Factor there's a lot of X factors here, you know. Tatum, uh, we talked about Kyrie. I think Brown but, is too. Who? Uh, uh, what's his name? Bryce Brown from the Nets. I think he's a guy that yeah. has a lot of dirty work. You know, he's improved but every year. Who's gonna right? Kevin Durant is my point. I don't know. Who, you, I don't know who. Because because Jason Tatum is not going to have fifty-four points. You can't. You can't stop. <laughs> So yeah, we got a we got a real series getting ready to happen here. Uh, Steve, well, one, more ask question, you, one more question. One more Before you ask okay. me that question, one question about this. So do you, I mean they did it last year. They played last year, but do you think this is not really a true? It, technically, it is, but it's not a true New York versus Boston game. It's more of a it's Brooklyn right. versus Boston. Like that's how you see it, yeah. or you're kind of throwing yeah. Brooklyn into that okay overall New York versus Boston pot. No, no. I'm looking at it as Brooklyn. Brooklyn is, is – I separated them in the Knicks pretty much, yeah. So I'm looking at it as a, as a new series, a new kind of rivalry, I should say. Well, because, no, they have a little – Because some people but, in yeah. Boston are kind of playing it like, well, if it wasn't for the Yankees or the Mets or both, Kyrie would not have been back, and that's true. And you know how that is with the that's Red Sox. The, you know, the Yankees, you know, anything the Yankees do, the Red Sox are going to be mad. And, you know, a lot of Red Sox fans are Celtics fans. They kind of play it. It kind of crosses over in the sports. So that storyline yeah. has actually been developing as well, which is crazy. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the hell you look at this shit. Yeah. Uh, no, what no, was no, your no, question? You're oh, what the hell? I, I, okay, so I saw the end. I didn't see the whole game, but I saw the end of the Clippers. Um, Timberwolves game last night, man. And I tell you what, the Timberwolves look like they just won every championship, man. I, I was going to ask you that. The I was. They I was just going to ask you that. But that was my question. That's why. That, that was why when I was talking about storylines, because this is what I want to say. I gotta. I, I want your thoughts on that. I. I'm. I, man, it's like I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I'm watching my words closely. I'm trying to be fair because across the board, you know, this level of uh, this fan is different than. You know, this, you know this. You know these players today are not the same as they were before. I'm not right. for celebrations like that, but I'm not trying to knock on it. If that's what they want to do, I'm kind of like Lafayette, whatever. Do what you do. But I'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. with you, Chris, and I gotta say this. And I don't know how if you follow, you know, hip hop. There's some guys who who follow hip hop, the storylines behind the scenes I'm, that listen to the no, show. I, I look at this situation like Patrick Beverly is the rapper Beanie Siegel from Philadelphia. I'm gonna tell you why because. To me, last year in that series, uh, Clippers and the Suns, like Patrick Bell, it, it was more than a game. It was personal. I mean, Patrick Beverly was literally bumping up on Chris Paul in, in, the, in that series. Right. Remember? And he got tossed out of the game. Yep. 
it's like to me, yep. it was almost it was almost like not just a basketball game. It was kind of like your neighborhood team versus another neighborhood team, and it was literally about to be beef on the court. Because my neighborhood is going up against your hood. My hood is going up against your hood. And we're about to fight literally on the court. Like, like we're, you know, these are two, two neighborhood rivalries on the, bas- on, a, on, on, the, uh, on the black side. You know what I mean? So the whole point I'm trying to say is yeah. Beverly took it to another level beyond a contractual NBA player. He took it as, like, this right. is my family. The Clippers is my boy, like, my boys, my brothers. And when he got tossed in that game versus the, the Suns last year, they literally, man, this is the fucking funny part about this. He literally got thrown to the wolves. When I say thrown to the wolves, not just the idiom, the saying of it, literally to the Timberwolves from the Clippers. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> got traded and ended up in Minnesota. And I'm actually okay with that celebration. I hate to say it like that, Chris, but the way he went to bat for that organization, he was the tough, rough dog for that Clippers team. He was the – like Kyle, Kyle, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are the scorers, but he was the alpha dog. He was the, the, the dude from Chicago, the, 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 the all-up-in-your-face defensive guy. He was the identity on defense, and they left him right. off the dry after that Sun Series. So I actually don't have a problem with him celebrating like that the way he did versus the Clippers. It didn't knock the Clippers oh, out of the playoffs, but – as far as that I, moment, I kind of don't have an issue with it because of the I, back I, history. I'm rolling, I'm rolling with you completely there. Uh, you know, there's a good team. You know, I mean, uh, uh, they have the building blocks there. They got Edwards. They got um, Cat. They got Russell. I like Beasley a lot. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And they needed that catalyst, that mean, pitbulling, roughing. They needed someone with an edge to come in there and just boost them, just, you know, not only in the locker room, man, but on the practice floor and on the game floor as well to be that leader guy. And Patrick Beverly last night did that. Carl Anthony Towns had a horrible game. Yeah, he did. D'Angelo Russell low. But when Patrick Beverly kept pushing these cats, they said, keep playing. He kept telling them to keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. That's when I came in in the fourth quarter. He told them to keep playing, rough it up, you in front of your crowd, don't look stupid. Don't be an idiot. Don't back down. And God dang it, they went crazy, and they won this game, and it was a lot of sweat. And I, I tell you what, Beverly started hitting the boards, which is something I never saw him doing any yep. of his other teams like that. And he, 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 he willed them to victory. And now everybody's hyped over there. They're ready to go further now. And also, to your point, Steve, which is a beautiful, valid point, and I'm gonna take. I'm gonna just use this term. I think he punked the damn Clippers, who quit by the way in the, in the fourth quarter. I think he punked them. I think he. I'm shocked that they came back. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about the Timberwolves. You know, the, the, the Clippers were up ten. Like it seemed like a goddamn whole second half, or especially in the fourth quarter. And then I think D'Angelo hit a three. And then, oh, right before the end of the third quarter, what's his name hit a three in the, in the, in the corner? I think it was Edwards or Beasley, uh, Malik Beasley. They, you know, they, they, every time the Clippers didn't, like, pull it away, D'Angelo hit a long three, hit a long two, and then Edwards would hit a three, or, or, or Malik Beasley hit a three. Uh, Vanderbilt played well for them uh, yesterday. Um, uh, what's his name? The dude from yep. Asbury Park. Uh, Nas Reed played well. Um, they they hung around, and like you said, Cat was off. Four, he had like four fouls in the first half. Like I was doing the, 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 the hockey show yesterday with the Rangers, 
I'm like, yo, four fouls, dog? <laughs> Already? But Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's big. That's big. That's pretty big. So, okay, um, now the Timberwolves are hungry. <laughs> Part the fun. Oh, they're not going to – they're not beating Grizzlies, though. They're not beating Memphis, though. Let's, let's, let's put that uh, away right there. No way. I'm going to no. tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. If they, well, I don't think so either. Uh-uh. Honestly. No. <laughs> but – I can't see them playing a poor game, though, this time. Okay? I really can't. Uh, Jared has to show up for the Grizzlies. That's who has to show up. All right? And I just don't uh, – nah, I can't see, but the I thing can't see is, them being a good – Yeah, yeah, because the thing is with the Grizzlies, even when Morant hasn't played, the Grizzlies have played well. They have a, a very good winning percentage, even with John Morant not in the lineup. Like, they play great basketball. True. Those young pieces, not yet. No, it's not. It's not Minnesota's time. But the, I think we not. need to look into this cat situation because last time they went to the playoffs, now they had that was when Thibodeau was coaching them. They had Jimmy Butler on that team. I think Derrick Rose was on that team and Cat, and they got yep. pumped by uh, you know Clint Capella punked. Uh, that was Houston. Yeah, that punked Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So. How is he going to get off yeah. the snide, man? It's kind of been doing a little thuds, man. Like four fouls, no uh, points. I mean, don't get it wrong. He got a little bit of a, you know, nice hungry cast with D'Angelo. They got a lot of number one picks, top picks on that team now. Like D'Angelo Russell's like top two, top three, right? Uh, Anthony Edwards was a number one pick. Cat uh, is a number one pick. I mean, it's bound to turn around sooner, sooner or later, right? Well... I like the fact that the Timberwolves did not crack in the fourth quarter. They and they found something new about themselves. They they played like they were playing before the fourth quarter. They were playing like they had never been there before. It showed, and then they came up. They came together via um, the um, Patrick Beverly. But that's a great story to me, I man. Think, I I would never thought they would have went to the playoffs, man, or play in. I, I just like, I think. I just think that John Morant, Jared, the two cats from the um, Bain, uh, I think these guys have enough. What's the word I'm trying to find, Steve? I don't want to say togetherness. I don't want to say I don't want to say camaraderie. They just play as one. They're on one accord. They're not learning on the fly like the Timberwolves had to do last night. I think they're ready to take it to the next level, and I just do not see the Timberwolves. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a rough a rough game, but I don't see the Timberwolves really doing the same shit, pulling out a miracle. Okay, I just don't do that. I just can't see it. I I think um I think they're gonna frazzle themselves again. The Timberwolves, I mean, and I think this is an opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies. Somebody off this. I think the guy I'm trying to find—I forget his name. He has De'Aaron, Deontay. There's another guard that they have that I every time he's in a big game, he, he comes through for them. For, for the, who, who, I cannot remember who, who, who Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Are you talking about Dylan Brooks? Or are you talking about? Um, no, Dylan. Give me another guard. Give me another or, guard. Or, 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 you, know, you got they got Desmond Bain on there. They got the uh, Ty, you know Tyus Jones is the backup point guard. Uh, depends on who you're talking about. I'm just, I'm missing somebody. I'll get it in a second, but okay. yeah, I think they just have, they have really, really good shooters, and I think they also are a team that knows how to play in the fourth quarter. And that's and we're in the playoffs now, technically, so <laughs> that's what you got to learn how to do: play in the fourth quarter and the playoffs. So that's what I'm looking at. 
All right, last question before we get off, man. So this is the second season of the NBA play-in, you know, tournament or whatever. Do you like it or you want to go back to the old school one through eight? I kind of – I've been back and forth on this. I like both, but I I like asking the tough questions. Like, would you rather keep it like this, the play-in, or would you rather go back to your traditional one through eight or you have something else totally different? I like it. Um, I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the year, the teams that are on the fringe, on the bubble, okay, they tend to step the fuck up, and I kind of like that. Well, I didn't see it last year, but I seen it this year. And the Anthony Melton, that's the guy. Oh, the Anthony Melton, yeah, 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 there you go. Okay, so uh, I don't know why I just popped pop my head like that. But um, and Kyle Anderson is also a contributor on that. Um, but I, I like to play in because if you are already bunched up between seven and ten, let's say, okay, and you have and you you've gone through some shit like this year. You know there was there was the there was um COVID. There was injuries for particular teams. There were. You know, there were all kinds of factions that, fact, that 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 didn't enable a lot of teams to get off to their best start. Well, here at the end, you got a chance to catch up to that as you guys come together, regardless of what team it is. So, yeah, this gives everybody on the from the 7 to 10 a chance to just kind of get their bearings, concentrate, and, and plow through. I kind of like it. And those, it makes for some interesting games, too, as you can see, as, as those two uh, demonstrated last night. So I like it. I like it, but... Oh, Jared Jackson, okay. I like it. Let me think. I still don't know, man. I can see all... I have three scenarios, and I like all three equally. I don't, I'm not ready to answer that. I got to really sit down and weigh the pros and the cons on that. But before we get off, because we got a game to watch. Don, what up, man? It's been a minute. Really, because we're about to get off because we got games to watch, you know, one in session. What are your thoughts on the NBA playing game formats? And then also, um, do you like, like, you know, are you for it? Or you want to go back to the old school way? And what are your thoughts on the games yesterday? You can give us like two to three minutes before we get off. I ain't going to turn back now. I said it before. First, hi, Steve. Godfather. Hey, man. How did I miss you? What's up, Steve? How are you? I'm good. I'm Steve. I'm not for it. Everybody had 82 games to get to one to eight. I'm not going to go against what I said from the beginning, and that's what I said. It's sort of weakening. I mean, I'll just say this real quick. Look at the Western Conference. The Knicks would have been in the play-in in the West. We had one team 12 games under 500 in the play-in. That that's not good, guys. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> About that, the Knicks, as bad as the Knicks were, as much trash as we talk, they'd be playing tonight or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a minute. No, and the Spurs, the Spurs and the Pelicans. If you tell me they earned their way in the playoffs, then I can't even talk no more. No. No way. It's just you're making the season longer. Everybody's complaining about the season being too long, load management day, ramping up, and you added more games. So this is what they get. I mean, I wish everybody well, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they deserve it. Now look at the Eastern Conference. Everybody was above 500 from one to eight, and they would have been in the playoffs, and we wouldn't be having this week-long play-in garbage, and here we are. But (laughs) – that's just my opinion, guys. But, you know, I love you, Steve. I'm sorry I called in late. Then my wife just told me, what happened to them guys from New York with the Knicks? I said, I think they stopped. I checked the website. No. Oh. My bad. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to, uh, the playoff talk next Wednesday. We're all in playoff mode, man. You know, our squad's out. So, you know, we we about every sport, all the teams anyway. So, so yeah, man, Don, we'll be back next Wednesday to talk some of these playoffs because we're going to be real deep in all these series, especially that net Celtics, man. That is, man, that's that's a, that's a hell of a first round. You got any thoughts on that before we get off, bro? No? Net Celtics? That'll be the best. That'll be the best series. I, I see the Sixers going out in the second round. Doc Rivers getting fired. And <laughs> just remember, guys, before you go, Maury, and not because I don't like him, Steve, Maury did not hire Doc Rivers. So he has no nickel in that dime. Let them get knocked out in the second round. He'll be unemployed. <laughs> Shut up, Donovan. <laughs> on Twitter. Huh? Mike Dan Antonio will be coaching the Sixers next year. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I know, right? He will be. Antonio. He will be. Probably. He will be. If Maury, that's right. I, I agree with that. If Maury and um, um, Harden have anything to say, he'll be there. Yes, he will be. That's a damn shame, too. But he will they'll be. be running, will be. They'll be running and gunning with a seven-footer. Yep. <laughs> I know, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that's that. crazy. All right, gentlemen, yeah, we'll be back next Wednesday at 8 o'clock, uh, you know, catch up on some of these series. We'll probably be, like, two games in for each series by then. Uh, and it should be a lot of fun talking at 8 o'clock next Wednesday. And we had to get in on this later. Chris and Dom and myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Chris, I'll see you on the stakeholder mock draft tomorrow evening. Please. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.